Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, you know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guest, we might get into a little bit of politics, but mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter, pinned as the tweet, is a link to UNICEF which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot O-R-G, and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and I uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. have a guest today here to talk about his Zoop campaign that starts today. If you're listening to this uh, as uh, it's released on Monday the 11th. Now, this is a creator I've known for a while. Uh, he's actually been on the show many, many, many moons ago to talk Rom, one of his favorite characters, mine as well. Uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Chris Ryle back to the show. Chris, thanks for joining me. Thanks, man. Jace, good to see you again. Yeah, yeah. It's always great to see you. Good to catch up. Uh, and this campaign, uh, Groom Lake, and let me make sure I get it right. Groom Lake Gray Skies is actually Gray Skies uh, Above. Gray Skies Above. Okay, my apologies. Gray Skies Above. So yeah, it, a previous uh, story that you've told, but my understanding is this one stands on its own, even if you haven't read the last one. Yeah. So it was about ten years ago. Ben Templesmith and I did this graphic novel together. Uh, I have it right here, um, the first Groom Lake, and so. This was kind of our, our black comedy take on UFO conspiracy theories and alien conspiracists and, and rumors and innuendo and all that kind of stuff was sort of baked into the background of the story that involved different aliens, different alien races. There was a giant robot. They were all kind of playing off alien archetypes, um, trying to basically great escape their way out of this base under in Area 51, which is located in Groom Lake, Nevada. And so that was sort of the basis for it. Um, and like I say, it wasn't anything where we took it overly serious. So we weren't, we weren't sort of going Department of Truth with, with UFO lore and conspiracy theories. It was more just using that as the starting point for this kind of action comedy sort of thing. Um, and so the, the lead character was this gray alien, Archibald, who he always smoked a couple cigarettes at a time. He, you know, he... <laughs> He wasn't damaged by the stuff that we put into our body. So he just was more amused by the ridiculousness of humans and the things that they do. And so he was kind of the, our eyes into this, this story that, uh, 
you know, it was a lot of fun at the time. And he was a character I've revisited a couple times in like crossovers that, that IDW did back in the day, but I'd never done a full follow-up sequel with him. And I'd been planning that for a while and this felt like the right time to do it in an era where, you know, there's kind of a, an entirely new generation of UFO theories and conspiracies and all kinds of stuff. You know, the, the military releasing these Tic Tac videos and, and sort of the, the talk that we're all heading more toward official disclosure of something. It felt like the right time to bring Archibald back to kind of comment on and, and play in a world where conspiracy theories now sort of have a whole different meaning than, than they did back even when we told this story the first time around. Yeah, that's a, a, an excellent point. I was going to ask you that about uh, the timing of it, because, yeah, now it seems like, I don't know, we're in this weird space where people don't want to believe anything that's actually <laughs> true and factual. But on the other hand, the world has gotten so crazy, it's almost like anything is possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it is, but it's wild to me that, like, the government, who I guess nobody trusts, no matter who's running the show, um, releases officially word that there are something in the sky. We don't know what the hell they are. We don't know if they're from another planet, but there's something. And they're, they're a good size. They're things that could potentially, you know, crash into airplanes or knock fighter jets out of the sky or whatever the case may be. And the public response was kind of like, nah. anyway, could be fake. Doesn't It's not clear yeah. enough to us. And so, and I get it. Like, it sure would be nice, you know, when, when all the old UFO images were these grainy, blurry, you know, dubious things that you're like, well, now when cell phones can shoot movies, like, why do we not have any kind of clear images of anything ever? Um, but the fact that they showed up on radar screens and that they're kind of, they're released by people that are credible in their fields, you know, pilots and stuff. Um, and still everybody's like, nah, I don't believe it. It's just weird. Like, I don't know that the whole old story of well, what it takes is an alien landing on the White House lawn and walking up to, you know, meet our leaders. Like, I don't think people would believe that at this point. I no. think, you know, you, you sort of everything you see, people tend to, to compartmentalize into reinforcing whatever their worldview is. And so it's it's just an odd thing. Um, and again, like this story is not political. It's not looking at sort of the the darker conspiracy theories that that lead down really weird extreme roads. It's more of just playing off the UFO stuff, which, you know, when, when we were kids, like that was the fun conspiracy theories is like the idea that maybe we've been visited by these weird aliens or something like that, or maybe they're abducting people, which is dark in a way, but it's not, it's not dark in the way that a lot of conspiracy theories about the real world really are. And so that's kind of where we wanted to keep the story was playing with the fun of all of this and not, not going down any paths that, that, uh, you know, take it in a too dark direction. Yeah, Archibald being this character, as you said, uh, you know, kind of uh, a point a, a point of view character, a POV character, but also kind of satirical in, in terms of, man, look at how crazy and wild these humans are. Uh, so is he a character that always spoke to you? Is, is that part of the reason to come back to this project? Just a love of, of Archibald? Yeah, he was he was sort of like the ultimate tourist, you know, just commenting on and sort of seized by the, the ridiculousness of things that maybe we're all too close to and, and sort of don't have a perspective on. So I always like the outsider perspective in stories. And so he was sort of the, the extreme version of that. Um, and just a character that was always fun to write. Like back in the day, IDW did this big crossover that involved like Ghostbusters and GI Joe and Transformers and Star Trek and this big zombie thing. And, and I basically did a one shot where he just sits at a bar and, 
with, I think it was Bat Boy who was with him, um, you know, from the Weekly World News and basically just commented on like all these big ridiculous crossovers. And so he's, he wasn't quite my ambush bug sort of thing, you know, that, that sort of made fun of everything, but he was certainly a way into commenting on this stuff in a fun way. Um, and yeah, I love the character. Like somebody, somebody years ago when I did a convention even made me a little figure oh, wow. um, of Archibald. So he is, like I say, he's somebody I've always wanted to go back and revisit and it felt like the right time to do that. Yeah, well, I mentioned uh, at the at the top in your intro, uh, your love of Rom. You know, I think that's how we first first connected. What is it about you and aliens, man? Is it just the the little kid in you, the mystery of it? Well, you know what's terrible is like or terrible or great. Um, right behind my monitor that you can't see is a Rom painting that uh, this comic book artist did, and right there, like touchable, is the Rom helmet from the original Marvel suit that he used to wear back in the day when they did these promotional things. Um, Dan Buckley, the president of Marvel Publishing, sent that to me, and so I had it refurbished. And and so, I mean, there's a ROM figure right there on the shelf behind yeah. me. And so, I don't, I don't know. Like, there, it, aliens, robots, and zombies seem to be the thing that I keep on finding ways to uh, revisit in stories. And I, yeah, I just I like that that outsider thing. I like the idea of the other or the stranger in a strange land kind of premise. And I mean, ROM was a more serious, you know, serious in the the kid superhero comic sort of context um but i i like that kind of thing of these these characters coming here and sort of being subject to everything that that you're subject to when you land on earth and so rom sort of was that for me as a kid and groom groom lake was a way to comment on that you know as a as a adult and so there are sort of parts of the same whole which is that it's kind of looking at at the entirety of our existence on earth in different sort of outsider ways. Yeah. Can you talk about a little bit about your artist on the, on the project and, and how you uh, chose him, why he's the correct choice for this uh, project? Yeah. It's, so he, it's a Chilean artist named Nelson Daniel, who I first met um, as a colorist. He was coloring primarily Zach Howard stuff, like on books like wild blue yonder. But then I quickly learned Nelson was a great artist in his own right. So he was the guy when we got the uh, 2000 AD license back in the day for Judge Dredd. He was the guy that I paired with Dwayne Swarzynski to launch the Judge Dredd comics. Um, and then he and I worked directly together on, it was kind of a riff on Micronauts called String Divers, which played off string theory and and sort of um, wild physics. And so Nelson did these just just crazy things of of imagining like, you know, the the sort of, micro space and that sort of thing um and so he's he's inventive as can be like his art and colors are just fun and and like he can he can sort of tread that line between whimsical and humorous and really dark and that's kind of all the sides that i wanted for this story um he and i also did a book called road rage where he and i adapted this um stephen king joe hill story that was kind of a uh, their tribute to richard matheson's duel so it's a biker gang getting run down by this, you know, crazy guy driving a semi truck. And so he does, like I say, he does extreme violence and extreme fun and sort of otherworldly stuff really well. And so all of those things felt like the perfect fit for this. And we've been talking about ways to partner up again. And so this again just felt like the right way to do it. Um, I did, I talked to Ben Templesmith, the original artist on Groom Lake and the co creator. And, you know, he said he's happy to contribute things like covers or other pieces for the Zoop campaign, but, you know, he's off busy doing his own stuff. So couldn't 
draw the whole book, but yeah, he's, it's sort of being done with his blessing and his assistance too. Gotcha. That, yeah, that's cool. I was going to ask about Ben. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing that's interesting about you and your career. You know, you've been, uh, you've done it all, you know, you've from, from writing books to, you know, being the, the, the head there at, um, at IDW. Now you're over at Syzygy, kind of your own publishing imprint. Uh, I think that brings a unique perspective, both to the logistical side of things, as well as the, the creative side. So uh, why was Zoop the, the correct uh, place to do this? And what have, what have the challenges been from a, a creative side? It's been a while, if I'm not mistaken, since you've actually, you know, taken that hat off and uh, the kind of the logistic hat off and put the creative hat on. Yeah, well, so when, when Ashwood and I, who was my partner on the Syzygy imprint at Image, um, when we launched that line, like we were trying to tread the line between not only doing our own stuff, like we did a new version of our Zombies vs. Robots comic from way back. And there's a lot of other projects that I'm sort of running from the creative side. But also the idea with this imprint was to not have it just be our own stuff, but bring in friends and people that we like and ideas that we like and stuff like that. And so I've been kind of treading that line on, on all of it. Um, and what I realized is without, without an infrastructure, without a support team, without everything that I had at a full publishing company, it's a ton of work, man. And so like the idea that Zoop is going to come in and bear a lot of the heavy lifting on the parts that kind of pull you away from, the things you need to be focusing on in this case, which is pulling the story together and working with Nelson on the art and, and sort of getting all of the, the creative done properly. Um, Zoop being a full service sort of crowdfunding venture in ways that the other similar platforms aren't um, just helps bear so much of that workload, which, you know, like I say, since this is now much more of an independent venture and, and I'm doing so many different parts of the job um, without support like having them here as the support team is is invaluable like that's the thing that's going to allow this book to actually get done and get to market and get into people's hands and so i love the idea of them offering a service that that sort of touches on all the different sides of things that uh that can like i say just be not only laborious but also you know trying to do everything well is always a path to failure and so having guys like eric and jordan and his and their team um do the things that they do well to help make a better project all around is just like, it's just a smart way to go. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be doing it with them. Yeah. So it's, this isn't even a, a situation where printing challenges, paper shortages, like even setting that stuff aside, you, you still feel Zoop would be the right place for this project. Yeah. Cause I mean, I could handle those things. Like I have enough of the connections and the know-how and sort of the wherewithal to, to handle those things. But I, I like the idea of, again, not only them helping on those parts to allow me to focus on the other parts, but also I like the idea of just trying to reach the audience directly in this way. Mm. Um, you know, even having this imprint that is our own thing, running it through image still means you're running it through another company and another publishing venture. And so there's, there's certain aspects to that, that remove that control from you. And so this way, you know, if I want to do things like, print up fun little uh, stickers that I thought would be cool. Or we have these, you know, glow in the dark enamel pins of Archibald, like that kind of stuff that I think are cool. And I think people will like as, as a nice little add on for the book is a way, you know, to get all this stuff into their hands at the same time, which you can't really do when you're just working this stuff through a comic publisher. And so 
again, like I liked it for that. I liked it for sort of allowing this product to be all its potential of being. Yeah. If you go through image, you're still going through diamond, you know, for distribution and it, yeah, it does limit, you know, it's, it goes back to what you said about focus on what you do. Well, you know, their job is to get physical paper comic books in the hands of customers, not stickers or pins or other cool stuff. Yeah. And I, I like that stuff. And for something like this, like, Archibald, the, the sort of his design and his look and all that just lend itself to cool little extra things. And so it felt like the right place to do that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that brings me to, to my next question, which is what, what are some of the tiers that are going to be offered? Because uh, as you mentioned, you don't necessarily have to have read that first uh, uh, graphic novel that you and Ben did, but, it, but it'll be available, right? So what are some of the tiers that are available for people that want to join the campaign? Yeah. So some of it is making sure that that first book is available, whether in print form, um, there's going to be signed editions from, you know, signed by Ben and I, there's some of the existing comics that we'll offer that way. Um, I've got a few pages of the original art from Ben series that uh, we're going to offer. Um, there will be prints of the new covers that we're doing. There will be, so the one thing that I'm, I'm excited about, which is I've contributed to as a backer on other campaigns, but not been able to offer people is, so in, in UFO lore, there's a thing called the Majestic 12, which is, it's a part of like government conspiracy lore, this organization that was responsible for some, you know, secret of behind the scenes kind of shit. And so in this book, we play off that with a team called the Majestic 13, which is essentially 13 human alien hybrid abductees. Um, and so we're offering people, there's 13 opportunities to buy in as one of those characters, have yourself drawn into the book, have yourself... Oh, wow you know, your name in the book, your likeness in the book, although we're probably going to alter your likeness because you're going to be a human alien hybrid. And so <laughs> it might be a, a, an exaggerated or half alien version of you. Um, and, you know, you can get into the book that way and also get a print of the page that you appear on. And so just again, trying to offer like distilling down all the, I don't know how many years I've been backing crowdfunded projects, five, 10, whatever it's been. Um, all the stuff that I think is fun, I want to try to make that stuff available to other people. And hopefully, you know, it's equally fun for them to, to sort of play with and just, you know, offer whatever types of things that people can add on or not. Or, you know, if they just want the book, they just want the digital version. Um, just make all those different kinds of levels and tiers available because, you know, I, I it's always hard when you set a format or a, a certain page count for a book that maybe doesn't suit everybody. So this way we can offer different versions of the book. We can offer, you know, if we reach different levels, we can, there are character guides that I want to turn into sort of the old Marvel handbook um, mm -hmm. entries for the different characters and add those as extra pages. There's, I actually, so it never got produced, but I wrote a screenplay for Groom Lake years ago that it won a, a screenwriting contest. Um, it was a Roswell uh, film festival. And so I got this cool little like, Roswellish um, plaque, you know, and everything. And so I'm going to offer, you know, I'll give people signed editions or signed versions of that screenplay. And just there's um, even for anybody that just throws in like the tip jar sort of thing, even with that, I wanted to offer a little something. And so I found this official, official UFO report that the government used to use where you could write up your, um, your, your UFO sighting. Like they they have one from Jimmy Carter you know, former president Jimmy Carter, who supposedly saw a UFO back before he was ever president. And so I basically took that form and, and blanked it all out so people could, you know, 
fill in their own if they've ever seen it, or at least just get a copy of uh, of that official thing. So again, just trying to play off and offer people as many bits of the actual lore as they might uh, want to get their hands on. Yeah, I mean, you can fall down a deep rabbit hole if you start uh, researching UFO lore and sightings and, and all that kind of stuff, which, yeah, when they released that, all that information, what was 2020? I mean, I wonder, did they time it? They knew that, you know, global pandemic, people were consumed with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you want to talk about conspiracy. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. And so that it's funny because somebody was asking me, like, how do you how do you learn about this stuff? If you want to learn more, where do you go? And I'm like, well. I mean, you can start by Googling things. and But then, like you say, that is a quick path to falling off a cliff into a deep black hole of crazy, especially if you watch into any of the YouTube videos, which I've done. But I just, like, I don't get those videos where they're three hours long and they're filled with charts and scrawls of text that are unreadable. And it's just like, but they've got thousands and thousands of views. And so, like, I don't know. There's something out there for everybody. Whatever level of conspiracy yeah. theory you want to delve into, you can find that. But you got to really be committed to sort of spend the time on that part of it. Yeah, but it, but it's there. But I, but again, I mean, I, I think even if you're not a conspiracy nut, I mean, just the fact that you're going to get a, a dark, fun, uh, humorous look, at, you know, at this alien who's, you know, making fun of us. And we could all use a little more of that, I think. I will say so that he, he smokes. Right. And I was kind of making fun of that. Um, just the idea of that. And then, cause that was at the time when we did that, that was when there was this big push, like we cannot show Wolverine, you know, chewing on cigars anymore. Mm-hmm. Like no more smoking in comics. I'm like, well, this guy can do it because he's an alien. It doesn't affect him. And so I met Whitley Strieber, who is the author of the book communion, um, which is where Ailey, or Whitley is a guy that has written all these books about his, you know, real experience with aliens and, alien abduction and all that and you know i met him at a party and we were talking about all this and he said you know aliens do smoke but they you know they smoke like the guy in the guinness book of world records where they pack their entire mouth full of cigarettes and everything (laughs) like that so willie says everything about about aliens and ufos in very convincing fashion i mean i think he's i think he's a showman and so i don't know that everything he says has a hundred percent veracity but he talks like he believes it, which makes you much more apt to kind of buy into the things he's saying. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, I wanted to go back to uh, what we were saying earlier about going directly to your to your fans, to your readers. Um, you know, it's not only cutting out that middleman and getting able uh, to be able to do, you know, things like the stickers and the enamel pins and, and whatnot. It's also uh, building a community. Right. So is that something that you have? I mean, is there already a Syzygy community? Have you already seen, you know, certain followers or certain people, or, or is that still something you're looking to build? Is this campaign a way to, to kind of head down that path? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I certainly hope people are, are digging what we're doing, Syzygy and following things. Um, I know like Ashwood has, has very loyal, rabid fans. And so, you know, I don't know if that translates to them picking up non-Ash books, but Certainly, you know, I've been doing this 16, 17 years, and I, I think I've uh, hopefully proven that the things that I do have a fun spirit behind them, and, uh, and people seem to gravitate toward them in the past. I'm hoping that that people are, you know, equally willing to check this out. Um, but that is, like you say, the other part of what I like about these campaigns is the ability to just talk directly to people at the speed that you want, because, you know, doing books through a big publisher before you you don't want to step on like the marketing department's efforts or mm-hmm. they plan these very careful campaigns of when they want to show stuff. But there's times when you get in a cool page where you just want to go, Hey, everybody check out this cool page. Um, 
And so this way, like, that's entirely up to me. Like I can, I could get a page in from Nelson and I can share that immediately and sort of share the excitement that I'm feeling when I'm looking at the cool stuff that shows up. And so just being able to, to not only involve people in that part of the process, but yeah, explain what was going into this, almost like an audio commentary of, you know, here's the real, real UFO story behind this part of the, or this thing on this page. Um, and just, yeah, being able to talk to people directly is the thing that I've always, I think, been good at and enjoy doing. And so I like that this offers, you know, a lot of that as well. Well, speaking as a, a fan and someone who knows you, I, I, when your name is on something, I pay more attention to it than I might otherwise. Because again, it goes oh, back to that. You. Yeah, it goes back to that track record, you know. So uh, take it from me, everybody. At least go to the zoop.gg page and check it out. The campaign might not be for you, but as I always say on these uh, crowdfunding campaigns, uh, the best thing you can do to help out Chris and the SysG team is to share it on social media. Even if you yourself, eh, I'm not into UFOs or I'd love to join the campaign, but I just don't have the means right now. Just share it, get it out there in front of as many eyes as possible. So anybody that does want to be able to join the campaign will see it and be aware of it and, and be able to join. Uh, so best Absolutely, of luck. Yeah, word of mouth is, word of mouth is yeah. huge. And I mean, the, the one thing I always say about this is the campaign may not be for you, but it's definitely represent for everybody. And so it absolutely is for you. Um, so yeah, please check it out and then hopefully you see something there you like and you give it a look and, and you like what uh, you ultimately end up reading. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a bunch of cool, cool tiers. So, you know, maybe you want the enamel pin, maybe, you know, you want to print, maybe you want to see yourself in a comic. You've always wanted, yeah, it's a, I've been lucky enough to be in a few. It's really cool. It never gets, it never gets old. So if I was, uh, if I was a little bit more theatrical, I would have had this pin ready to go <laughs> and then I would turn off the lights and all you'd see is this pin glowing in the dark, but uh, it works anyway. So trust me on that. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to grabbing one of those. Uh, so best of luck with the campaign, Chris, I'll, I'll put a link in, uh, to the campaign as always in the show notes, everybody. Uh, we do have a few minutes left. Is Are there any other Syzygy uh, projects going on right now that you want to take a chance to let people know about? Yeah, so actually just um, right now we're finalizing the final issue of Rain, which is the adaptation of uh, the Joe Hill's short story that David Boer and Zoe, Zoe Thurgood have just so wonderfully pulled together. Um, and Ashwood and I are deep into the third or maybe we're now heading toward the final issue of um, our Zombies vs. Robots revival. And I just, within the last couple of weeks, locked down a few big projects that I can't wait to really get rolling on. and just kind of keep building this thing out in bigger and better ways. So yeah, it's uh it's kind of an ongoing thing. Um, all kinds of books heading your way through, through image. Great. And if people want to follow along, uh, should they follow you on social media? Should they follow Syzygy? Like what's the best place to get news about your uh, project? Yeah, I, think, I think both, I think Syzygy publishing, but also I'm Chris underscore Ryle at Instagram, Twitter. Um, and I'm constantly sharing whatever kind of cool stuff comes my way. Okay. And what about lots, lots of comic nerd talk too, if, uh, <laughs> yeah. if you're into like comics old and new. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, Chris has great conversations with tons of creators. So I definitely, uh, cause he's been doing this so long, like he mentioned. So I definitely recommend following him. And then Syzygy has a, uh, a social media presence as well. Yeah. Syzygy publishing at uh, same places. And then real Ash Wood. Um, Ash is always showing off all kinds of stuff he does and his style is just so gorgeous like he's he's worth the follow more than anybody just for the, the great work that he does fantastic well i'll put links to the show uh to the social media in the show notes uh 
like I always do everybody. So if you're having trouble finding Syzygy, don't know how to, don't know how to spell it. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Go there. S Y Z Y G Y. Yep. Yeah. So uh, again, Chris, best of luck with the campaign. I'm certainly can't wait to join and uh, hook up one of those pins for sure. Uh, and yeah, great to have you on as always. Uh, good seeing you. And uh, to you listeners, we have to thank you for joining us. We appreciate you joining and listening as always. And we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, pleasure, Jace. Thank you. Yep. Take care. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.